0: Welcome to the Branches Podcast. Following the lead of Jesus, we seek to embrace people regardless of their background or their present ground in the hope they find holy ground. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about the reckless love of Jesus or our community of faith, please visit our website at branchesoc.com. It may look like we are in a living room, but we're not. We're in a warehouse and it's freezing in here. So I hope that you appreciate the difficulty that Daniel and I are going through to bring you this good news. Just kidding. We're very blessed to have this space. It's pretty awesome. And I'm excited to share with you uh, this message because I think it's one that is very appropriate. Not only appropriate, but I think it'll be helpful. It's been helpful for me. Uh, We're going through a new series. Uh, It's going to be called The Space Between. Uh, I actually pretty much ripped it off from a really awesome church in Atlanta, Georgia. They had a series called In the Meantime, and it was two years ago. And I thought it was really, uh, really well done, the way they looked at Jesus' life, and they looked at His teaching on how you live in the meantime. Um, and I, I don't even really know what that phrase means, in the meantime, but I know what it means to be in the space between where you can't move forward and you can't move back. And although that series was two years ago, today it's very appropriate. Um, we're in the middle of this pandemic and all that comes with that. And you can't move forward and you can't move back. And so you're just waiting. Um, and because of the nature of the consequences of a pandemic, so many things are strained and pulled. And you feel helpless you're stuck you're in this space and you can't change your circumstance in fact if you try to you'll probably even make it worse some of the things that I know we are struggling with some things that I'm struggling with my friends are struggling with family are struggling with our church is struggling with um, one of them is, is relationships marriages are some people are like, I'm stuck with this person. <laughs> and they've lost that, um, that affection, that care and they feel hurt and they feel trapped and they, <clears throat> they, they don't want to get out, but they don't want to be in. And so they don't know how to deal with it. And then you have these, these families that are just being ripped apart and divided and they can't get along and they, they don't want to get help and they, they don't know how to, they don't know how to function, um. They're angry and furious with each other. And so they, some will pretend. Some just won't talk with each other anymore. Um, a lot of people's financial situation is just blown up. Uh, maybe they've lost their job. They've lost their business. But what are you going to do? Go find a new job? <clears throat> there aren't any jobs. It's this tricky thing. You just feel like you're in this space where you don't know where to move. For others, uh, it started way before the pandemic with their health. Maybe it's not fatal, but yet they're severely disabled because of some health situation of these bodies that we've been given that eventually break down. And so you talk to the doctor, and the doctor says, Well, we can treat this. And when you hear that, you think, Oh, you mean cure it? No, no, we just treat it. Well, what does treat mean? It just means, Well, we're going to do our best to help you to just keep moving along, even though you can't really move along. And then, of course, there's people that are lonely. I mean, in general, people are so lonely, but then you have a pandemic hit and it's even worse. So what do you do? And every action that we try to do, it, it doesn't fix it. It, it. In fact, sometimes it makes it worse. And in the midst of all this, you ask yourself, well, where, where is God? Like it isn't, it's not supposed to be this way, right? And you begin to lose hope, you lose your joy, um, you start to ask yourself, really, why am I even here then? What is the point? And I have so many people I know going through that, and so it made sense to go through the life of Jesus' His teaching and say, okay, God, what happened? Where are you? Because this is not new to just us. In fact, one of the things that happens when you're in this kind of a situation, when you're in the space, you can think, well, what did I do wrong? Like, I must have done something to bring this about. Or, maybe you look at it as, as maybe God's not angry with you, but maybe your approach is, well, maybe what is happening is that God is just absent. Maybe... Maybe the faith that I had was falsely placed. Or, God, do you even care? Are you just apathetic? But if we look at Jesus, and Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen God. I and the Father are one. And so if we wanna know what God is like, we look at Jesus. And we see that Jesus had these really good friends people he was close with, that he loved and he liked. Did he leave them in this kind of a situation? So we're going to start by looking at uh, John the Baptist, or we'll call him John the Baptizer because nowadays when you say Baptist, you think, wait, was he Baptist? You mean he wasn't Presbyterian? You mean he wasn't Calvary Chapel? No, he was a baptizer. He'd baptize people. There's a whole history behind that that we won't get into, But more importantly, let's talk about the relationship with John and Jesus because they weren't strangers to each other. In fact, they were some sort of cousin, they were relatives. John's mom, Elizabeth, and Jesus' mom, Mary, they were relatives. And so John's a little bit older. And in fact, when Jesus' ministry begins, John has already said, Look, I'm not the Messiah. I'm just preparing the way for the Messiah. And then when Jesus comes, John points to him and says, that is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And Jesus, when he talks about John, he says, why did you guys go out into the desert? Who did you go out to see? Just some crazy man? No. John was talked about in the prophecies, Jesus says. So John... How cool would that be to know that when you look at the prophecies in the Old Testament, or for them, it was their testament, it talked about you. So John knew who he was, but he also was humble enough to know who he was. And so he's preparing the way for Jesus. And so they had this this mutual respect and friendship. And so then something happens to John. John is in a situation. He's in the space between. He is... uh, He's teaching, and he just speaks common sense because the leader of the area, Herod, has um, done something crazy. I'm not even trying to get into the, the gymnastics of these relationships here, but I'll do my best. They're all named Herod. The woman's name is Herodias. It's actually his niece, and his brother, whose name is also Herod, um, is married to his niece, but then when his brother leaves, then Herod has an affair and marries his niece. This is a mess. It's obvious to anyone. And so John says, this is a mess. This is not the way it should be. And because of that, he was imprisoned. And so he's thrown into prison for telling the truth. And yet he's in prison, which is what the space between feels like where you can't move forward, you can't move back, you're just stuck in the situation, waiting. And so when Jesus hears this, as we see here in uh, Matthew, when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, what do you think Jesus did? It says he withdrew. He went to Galilee. Now, he didn't just go somewhere else. He went in the opposite direction. I'm right now here in San Clemente. John was taken out and sent to this place palace which was also a prison so consider that down in san diego and so jesus when he hears about what happened to his cousin what happened to his friend what happened to the one who's to prepare the way he doesn't go and fix this situation instead he heads up north east he goes up to capernaum and so a year to a year and a half pass and John is still in this space. The space between and he's, he, his doubts have got to be rising by now. Like, God, what's going on here? Like, I did everything you wanted. I, I, I lived this simple life and I've only said the truth. I've only shared what you told me to share. And yet I'm in prison and I'm alone. And so he, he takes two of his, his students and he says, I want you to go to Jesus. And so he sends them to Jesus and they come up with a question to Jesus from John. And the question is, is written here in Matthew eleven three 3, recorded. Are you the Messiah we've been expecting or should we keep looking for someone else? I would ask the same thing, I've asked the same thing. God, are you real? Like is this, is everything what I thought it was? Because I've said this about you, but I'm in this situation. They don't seem to match up. This doesn't make any sense to me. And Jesus responds, go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cured, the deaf hear. The dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. When I've been in suffering, I've had people tell me something very similar. Well, Jesus comes and he heals. Okay, then why isn't he healing me? He came, came to set the captives free. Well, why do I not feel free? In fact, this has got to remind him of the passage in Isaiah when John hears it, and he's like, okay, that's great, but what about me? But then Jesus says something that isn't just for John, it's for all of us. He says, tell him this, tell John, God blesses. He does good to those who don't turn away because of me. Or another way it's said or translated is, for those who do not stumble or offended because of what I do because John expects that Jesus should do something like get him out of the situation so he can go and keep pointing people towards Jesus. And Jesus says, I know that's the way you're thinking, but that's not the way it's supposed to be. That's not the way I'm thinking. And you'll be happy when you don't stumble, when you don't turn away because of the way I do things. Well, this isn't the only situation. You could go, okay, well, that was with John. But no, this is a pattern with Jesus. He does this over and over again where he does what we don't expect or what we don't want. He doesn't do things our way. In fact, there's this family, Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. And he's not just close with them. He's not just friends with them. It says here that he loved them. He loved Lazarus. And so here in Matthew eleven six, six word comes up to Jesus, telling him that, hey, Lazarus is sick. And it says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, I mean, what would you do if someone you really cared about was sick and you knew that you had the ability to heal them? If it was me, If I was the Messiah, if I was in charge, I'd just send the healing from where I was at. Or I would come in, hug him, and bring him back. Bring him back to full, complete health. That's what I would do. And I'm pretty sure that's what Mary and Martha expected as well, because they send the message. Hey, Lazarus is sick. There's an expectation. Like, hey, he's sick. But what does he do? says he stayed where he was two more days. Stayed exactly where he was. He knew what was going to happen and he let it happen. And so Lazarus uh, gets sicker and sicker. And then Jesus waits those two days and he tells his disciples, now it's time to go. And they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, we can't go there because they know it's dangerous for Jesus if he goes there. He goes, no, I have to go. Lazarus is asleep. They go, well, look, he'll wake up. He'll be fine. No, you don't understand. Let me be be really direct with you. Lazarus is dead, and now we need to go. See, no message has been sent up. Jesus knows. And so he's not afraid. He's God. And so he comes. And when he comes, Martha runs out, because that's what Martha does. And it says that Martha ran out, but Mary didn't. I could just picture Mary going, I can't, I don't wanna, I don't wanna let Jesus have it. Because my brother's dead and I knew he could have come, but he didn't. I, I gotta pull myself together here. But Martha, oh no, 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 no. She just shoots out. Where you been? What if you had been here, this wouldn't have happened. So then Martha goes and gets Mary, and Mary comes out and she says the exact same thing. What where were you? If you had been here. If you hadn't left us in this space between, you could have pulled us out of this. There was nothing we could do. It was out of our power. And you didn't come. But Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus. Is that what you do with people you love? I guess so. Because there's times when God will do things that don't make sense to us. And then we're in that space between and we have to make the decision, am I going to put my trust in God, even though this makes no sense to me? And so this situation works out well from a human standpoint. Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead In fact, he comes up to the cave and they go to open it. And in typical fashion, Martha's like, ooh, uh, it's going to smell in there. Like she doesn't get it. She doesn't know what's going to happen. And so Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. But that's not always what happens. John, remember John in jail? John, he was killed. And Jesus could have pulled him out of that situation, but he didn't. I think what we need to see here and what we need to hear is what Jesus says to Martha and Mary in this situation. This is before he rises and raises Lazarus from the dead. To those around, Mary, Martha, to everyone that was there, he says, didn't I tell you that if you believe You will see the glory of God. Which is another way to say if you trust, trust me, even when it doesn't make sense, you will see God. In my life, I've seen this. I've been in that situation like John, like Mary, and Martha, and Lazarus, and like you where I'm thinking, okay, God, then you're supposed to come fix this, right? You're supposed to make this right. But go and hold on to this truth right here. What do you do with this? My point is is that I want you to know that you don't need to think that God is angry with you, that God is absent, or that God is apathetic. If you have put your trust in him, then you can know that you will see God. That doesn't mean you need to like your situation. It doesn't mean that we need to um, appreciate it in the moment. And it doesn't mean that you don't have permission to be frustrated and angry. Jesus doesn't correct Mary and Martha for being frustrated. It's a normal human reaction. But remember that God knows what He's doing that God's ways, they're not our ways. And so I tell you, in the space between, if you believe and trust in God's ways, you will see God. And we need to hold on to that in times like this. Maybe right now that's not where you're at. Maybe you're like, I don't feel like I'm in the space between, your time's coming. It's part of the human experience. So what do we do with this? There's something, there's there's a passage from Isaiah 55 that I have to hold on to at times like this. My ways are not your ways and your ways are not my ways. God says, my ways are higher than yours. All through God's word, lean not on Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways turn to Him, and He will direct your path. Be still, which means put down all of your methods, all of, all the ways you're trying to fix things. Be still and know that I am God. But yet, in the midst of this, knowing that His thoughts are not our thoughts, and His ways are not our ways. It still feels sometimes cold like Jesus really you're just gonna leave John you're just gonna you don't even move to Mary and Martha and Lazarus you just stay there or in your own situation really you're just gonna leave me hanging like this two weeks ago I was reading this passage uh not not scripture i was I was reading from somebody else and they were talking about a man that lived a long time ago um and this man tried to, to, to please God. He was doing his best. This was in the 1700s. And he just reached a point where it felt like treachery, like he was uh, working for God. And so he would wake up early in the morning and pray, and he'd read his scriptures. He did all the things he was supposed to do because he thought, if I do all the right things, then God's going to bless me, and then God's going to help me. I just have to do what I'm supposed to do, and then it's an exchange. I do this, God does this. But it didn't work out that way. And he started to despair and get frustrated. And he was, he was out. I don't know where he was when he heard this, but he heard somebody reading. And in fact, he wrote down the exact date and the exact time that he heard someone else reading this passage from Martin Luther. It was May 24th and it was 17.38, and it was 8.45 p.m. How's that for specific? And he said he heard this reading from Luther. Someone else was reading it, and it said, it's by faith that we're saved, not by works. And that's from James. But it was this element where he's hearing Luther's words, interpreting what James said about how God does things. And he realized it's not about my efforts, it's about me trusting in God. And he said he felt like, quote, my heart became warm. And he felt this release, this burden he'd been carrying kind of left. And he said, you know what? I do trust in Christ alone. That is where I have placed all of my hope, all of my purpose, All of my expectant joy comes from Christ. And I really have done that with my life. And he felt just set free. But these are the words that stuck out to me. He said, I exchanged the faith of a servant for the faith of a son. And when I heard those words, I immediately thought about my children and the love that I have for them. And how many times they've wanted me to do something for them that I didn't do because I love them. And especially when they were younger, my ways were not their ways. And my thoughts were higher than their thoughts. And they would get so frustrated. I mean, I had the same conversation last night with my 16-year-old. Where he was frustrated with me because he thought I should do this but he wanted this. Know that our faith is not one of just servants, but we have this relationship as children and God wants what's best for us. John died, but this is not his home. This is, this is, not, this is not our home. We're residents here, but we're not citizens. And Lazarus, he was raised from the dead, but he's going to die again later. That doesn't change God's love for us. What we see is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. But while you're stuck in the middle of the space between, know that God has not abandoned you. Know that God doesn't treat us out of anger. And he's definitely not apathetic. He's not uncaring. So we can move forward with joy, we can move forward with hope, and we can move forward with purpose, knowing that we are the children of God. If you don't know this, he offers this to you today, to turn to him and to be saved and to be given this new life. Not a whole new beautiful set of circumstances, but a new life to go through those circumstances with. God bless.